0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Welcome to Mania. I'm your host, Dr. Roy Anok, speaking to you from the University of Florida's Tropical Aquaculture Laboratory, Thanks for joining us. Many decades ago, keeping marine aquariums was a logistical nightmare, a feat only for the most advanced of hobbyists. Over time, technology and science overcame many of the original environmental challenges, and aquaculture offered a few alternatives to wild capture fisheries. And now, Biota Aquariums plans to take the marine aquarium hobby to an even more sustainable next level. My guest today is Kevin Gaines, CEO and co-founder of Biota Aquariums. Kevin has strong roots in the aquarium hobby and a passion for aquaculture and conservation. Join us as Kevin shares his hopes and dreams and the story behind Biota Aquariums. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Put on a perfectly possum pet party! Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four legged friend, or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. Party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The prop kits include funny glasses and hats.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Aquarium AD on PetLife Radio. My guest today is Kevin Gaines, CEO and co-founder of Biota Aquariums. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me.
0: So i like to ask some kind of personal questions at the beginning just so we can kind of get to know you a little bit better you know, I've known you for a fairly long time, but I know our listeners may not. When did you first get involved in the hobby?
1: Geez, wow. Well, I'm 47. So when I was seven years old in Daytona Beach, my parents had an aquarium behind our bar, had a brass porthole in the whole nine yards. <laughs> and um, I started taking care of that their saltwater tank when I was seven. So I've always had saltwater. Of course, at that time, it was under gravel and airlifts and you know, we put fish in and tried to figure out how to keep them alive. It was quite a struggle.
0: Since it was behind the bar, did you drink a lot, like while you are working on the fish, or this was
1: before then? Yeah, no, I waited So I was about 12. Okay, good. So <laughs> so what would, what would you
0: say was your first fish and first aquarium then that you, you uh, maybe had ownership on?
1: Oh, uh, My own aquarium was probably, I set it up when I was 15. I started working in a pet store in Daytona, and at that time, um, you know, Large polyp stony corals like Elgin's meat corals and stuff were super popular with Calerpa and other macroalgae. So I thought I had a pretty nice tank with a Elgin's coral and some Calerpa. So what did you use for, um, what was lighting back then? Oh, it was all um, fluorescent, just uh, like you had two T12 tubes, at big inch and a half diameter fluorescent tubes. Okay,
0: now obviously you, you said you're uh, 47 you admitted your age which is cool. You've been in it for a long time so what kept you interested and in, you know you mentioned your kind of first official tank when you were 15. What kept you interested in the hobby since you know that time I guess?
1: Yeah, no, maybe when I was born in February and was a Pisces by birth. <laughs> I don't I've always loved the water and of course growing up in Daytona I started surfing um, in fourth grade, so I started spending a lot of time in the ocean. My dad has always been a deep-sea fisherman, so we would go offshore and catch grouper and snapper for dinner. And so I, I kind of learned to appreciate and love the ocean at, a, at an early age, luckily just by where I lived. In the summers, we would go by boat to the Bahamas, mostly the Abacos, or you know, as well, driving down to the Keys. So, yeah, I think I just I just love being out on the water. Uh, one way or another just whether it's fishing surfing or or just you know hanging out
0: and so you um ended up becoming a florida gator right i did had you uh, you went to the university of florida had you um considered actually working in the business at that time when you were going to college
1: Oh no, that's a funny story. So I had aquariums through high school and worked in retail stores and such and um, went to Gainesville, was actually uh, pre-med, pre-dental. My father's an oral surgeon or was just retired from Daytona after 52 years. So I kind of had my sights on stepping into his oral surgery practice. But uh, my junior year at Florida, I had my guest uh, room in our townhouse converted to a coral farm and it you know I was spending uh, most of my late evenings reading fish books instead of uh, microbiology or immunology or virology books um was just fascinated with you know growing corals and propagating them and so I shifted gears in my junior year decided I wanted to get into more marine biology so I took all the marine biology courses I could at Florida which they don't have a a marine bio degree so I ended up with a minor in zoology and chemistry and and finished with my microbiology and cell science degree but um Graduated in 95 and started a coral farm in Homestead with Julian Sprung.
0: Wow, that's cool, I actually didn't know that. I knew you did um, microbiome and cells, um, cell science, but I didn't realize that. And, and, and actually, uh, just an update, they, um, they actually have uh, marine biology now, so we've gotten a little bit more current.
1: No, I enjoyed it, I took a graduate level cruise and went to the Dry Tortugas and looked at pH in, in uh, sediments. And so that was amazing through the Florida Institute of Oceanography. And yeah, I took two graduate level courses and then some invertebrate zoology courses so I could just get as much uh, marine science under my belt as I could.
0: So um, I don't know if you want to maybe give us a a real brief taking us a little bit to... The present from before getting to biota, I guess, maybe from Julian to what you did before biota.
1: Um, before biota. So, after um, Julian, the coral reef ranch, I was uh, fortunate enough to move up to Fort Pierce and was one of the, one of the founders of ORA. So, in 97, after a couple of years of collecting marine life in the Keys and, and reselling um, gorgonians and live sand and hermit crabs and sea cucumbers for cleaning reef tanks and such, while we propagated Fiji corals. Of course, this was pretty new that SPS corals in terms of, you know, small polyp stony corals, acroporas were coming into the country. So uh, we started fragmenting those, but to kind of generate income, I was a, a sustainable collector in the Keys and learned a bunch about that. But it was just long days collecting, packing, shipping, propagating, you know. So when the opportunity arose in 97 to come up to Fort Pierce, and start ORA, I I jumped at it. Of course, invertebrates and corals were my love, but I knew that if we uh, commercially produced clownfish mostly and other species, we'd eventually get to do corals and other things. So yeah, that was 97 to 2006 when I left as CEO and president of uh, ORA, and that was a tremendous learning experience, and um, that business is still going strong.
0: So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your co-founder, for Biota before we get into the business. Can you tell us a little bit about Tom Bowling?
1: Yeah, Tom. Tom Bowling and I met in 99 at the Marine Ornamentals on the Big Island of Hawaii. And, um, yeah, Tom and I hit it off right away because uh, I was, you know, the chief operating officer at ORA at the time. And he was propagating seahorses under the name Ocean Oddities, which I loved. And um, he was delivering seahorses, believe it or not, in small aquariums to pet stores as a package deal. So he and I were on the same page with regards to where we wanted to go with the direction of the hobby and to see people get a completely sustainable aquarium way back then. In terms of even ORA, we wanted to really produce an all aquacultured aquarium. We just never got there. But um, yeah, so Tom and I had had stayed friends. Um, I actually employed him to run the clam farm in the Marshall Islands, which was owned by ORA. And this was 2003, 2004 to 2006. So that was good. And he did a great job and is one of the type of individuals who who does well in a island environment, which is a tough place to live. So he was a real asset to have there. So Tom and I go way back. So it's um, only fitting that uh, we started this business a year ago, two weeks ago, to set out to do the, the all aquaculture biota aquariums.
0: Now I also wanted to mention since uh, you you did work with them as well and, and you you're involved with sustainability oriented groups. Could you talk a little bit about a few of those groups? You know, the T R F and the Pet Sustainability Coalition?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, after my time at ORA I I got into aquaculture again with sustainable aquatics in Tennessee, which to me proved you could run a commercial farm indoors and in a complete land-based facility, which was um, interesting. And then, of course, the last couple of years, I've been was with Piscine Energetics, and they sustainably harvest an invasive species out of Canada. So I've always been behind sustainable projects. And the Pet Sustainability Coalition, I got involved with them when I was VP with Piscine. But they're a great organization, just trying to promote sustainability throughout the pet a- industry, whether it's you know operations, waste streams, or you know product development. So I'm um, really excited to to support what they're trying to do and bringing the industry to a more sustainable direction. And then of course we joined One Percent for the Planet, so that one percent of our profits will go back to ocean conservation organizations. And then the Coral Restoration Foundation. Well, I, I was their operations manager just as a love that I wanted to give back after seeing the, the reefs in Florida just really die off in the 90s and early 2000s. So it was really um, a dream of mine to be able to, to go and actually actively participate in reef restoration work so i did that for two years um, and i'm on the board of directors with the coral restoration foundation and they're doing amazing work with mostly elkhorn and staghorn coral in the caribbean right now but there's a number of other species that they're beginning to work with as well as taking the um, techniques global
0: that's great i know you've done a lot of work as you mentioned with the sustainable causes and in, in groups so let's talk about biota now a little bit. And I guess there's kind of two biotas here, right? There's um, sort of the uh, aquaculture biota, and then you've got biota aquariums. You want to maybe differentiate those two, and then we can dive into biota aquariums a little bit.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, biota obviously was, was a strategic move to uh, keep the, the two business things together because we share a similar partner and we share a similar mission. And so biota marine life nursery is the Palau operation that Tom Bowling runs. And he only sells cultured corals and fish out of Palau. And Biota Aquariums is the sole U.S. distributor of Biota marine life nursery products in the U.S. pet stores. So it works out such that Tom's growing a number of species that will end up in the Biota Aquarium. And he's also growing a number of other species that are both public aquarium species because they get fairly large, like the blue line sea bream and clown triggers and some other fish that public aquariums very interested in, as well as the rainforest gobies and other striped gobies. And we're working on some pygmy angels that will end up going into biota aquarium packages. So it really makes sense for his fish to come to biota aquariums in Florida to be distributed to pet stores. And that way he's able to distribute his product throughout the US direct to stores from Palau. So it's uh, very strategic. So that's how the the two names kind of tie together.
0: So let's talk more about biote aquariums now. I guess what was the, uh, you know, you had been working with Tom and, and then obviously were involved with some of these other businesses. What made you decide to kind of go for it and to set up this
1: concept Oh, I think it was timing, really. I mean, this is some, a dream that really I've had for, for 20 years, and it was all about timing. So the last time I got close to actually putting this business to reality was in 2008, and the economy took a turn. So it just didn't make sense because you know saltwater aquariums are, are fairly expensive. It's a luxury item and would not do well in, in a depressed economy. So uh, I got pretty close in 2008. And then, um, you know, after that, I, I just ended up getting a couple more jobs and pursuing my career further before Tom coming to me last year, actually at MACNA in Washington, D.C. and saying, you know, I have supply and I have a partner who's interested in, in supporting the concept. And it didn't take long from there, really. It was just the matter of doing it with the right people so we could see it you know, succeed as any business is critical who the partners are and how it comes together and this was just like you know the, the perfect combination between his supply chain and palau and the opportunity and the economy and, and other things that are going on with more direct internet purchasing going on by the consumer as well
0: let's take a short break and then we'll continue our discussion of biota aquariums with kevin Gaines after these messages from our sponsors
1: Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico chops Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now,
0: six extra direct-fed microbials.
1: Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico chops Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Oh. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Liferadio.com.
0: We're back. And continuing our conversation with my guest, Kevin Gaines, CEO and co-founder of Biota Aquariums. All right, Kevin, we kind of got a little bit of of your background and and Tom's background, and let's dive into the business now. So I know you have a Kickstarter program going on. Tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter program, and then then we'll talk more in detail about the aquariums and design and uh,
1: animals. Sure. So we, we really wanted to hit the market hard and uh, to create you know some hype and also to get maximum exposure with the launch of our product. And we really saw only one opportunity to do that when you're launching, and that is through crowdfunding. So we actually are on Indiegogo. We did look at Kickstarter as well. But uh, the platform with regards to the, the perks and the upgrades for animals made more sense. For us to to put it on Indiegogo, so um, yeah, we launched uh, last Monday. It's going well, and um, we're super excited to have this product out on the market and generate interest before we go, you know, both wholesale to pet stores with the product as well as direct on our own website.
0: So, um, if they're looking for it, how would they? They would just look up biote Aquariums on Indiegogo, right?
1: Correct. you can search on through indiegogo.com or you can go to biota Aquariums, with an s.com and, and there's a link there directly to the campaign
0: so now tell us about the the tank I mean there's obviously a million potential different iterations and sizes and shapes and all that so how did you guys come up with the specific even you know starting with the tank the tank size
1: yeah sure well the tank size was really really important because we wanted a tank that would be stable enough to support, you know, a few fish and a couple of invertebrates, but not to be so big that it was cost prohibitive and then required a specific stand to support it and those kinds of things. So we really wanted to, to focus in on a desktop type aquarium. And I was always in the 10 to 12 gallon range. And when Fluval released the Evo 13 and a half, they first showed it at, at MACNA two years ago. I really liked the tank. It had a nice little floating base and was modern and had a touch LED light. So even two years ago, I saw that tank and thought that would be a great model to start with. And sure enough, I've been working with Fluval and Hagen for the past uh, year and a half, providing different lights and different pumps and trying the different soft corals and fish in the tanks themselves to show that it was certainly viable and we, we partnered with them. So it works out really well because Biota Aquariums did not want to get into the glass aquarium business and get involved in, in everything that goes along with production and, and those kinds of things. And, and these aquarium manufacturers want to sell more tanks and see the hobby grow. So we all have a common goal. So not only is the tank strategically partnered, but so is the clownfish with ORA, the live rock with real reef rock, uh, we're doing pellet food from Piscine Energetics, and Two Little Fishies is providing the sea salt and the live sand substrate. So we all want to see this product increase the new hobbyist exposure and see the hobby grow. So it was always a, a goal of mine to, to not reinvent the wheel and really focus on the animals, because that's where we feel people struggle. There's a lot of aquarium kits On the market that do a great job of keeping animals alive in terms of the proper lighting for corals or flow rate for fish. But the mixed experience comes in with the animals, and we wanted to be able to condition those animals in our own facility and deliver them from our facility directly to the aquarium and reduce the stress and exposure of those animals. And hopefully, the goal being increasing the end user's success so they stay in the hobby past six months or a year and then upgrade to that next bigger tank.
0: So maybe talking more about the tank that you're, you guys are working with, what, what type of lighting is does it have?
1: It has a 16-watt LED. It's a 14,000 Kelvin spectrum. So it's a fairly uh, broad spectrum light with a, a nice tinge of a tinic blue. And it supports a variety of soft coral growth. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it's not so intense that it's generating uh, any heat or growing the corals out of the aquarium, like some advanced hobbyists would like the light to do, but it's perfect because it's uh, energy efficient, it's uh, reliable, you know, 100,000 hour diode life on these LEDs. It's really changed the game in reef keeping. And now the spectrums are matching that of former compact fluorescence or metal halide lights to, to grow corals. So the light is a really nice feature. It's a little touch. You can touch it to come on and then touch it to go to Olatenic and then you know it goes back to, to daylight.
0: And um, in terms of the filtration, what kind of filtration did you opt for with Fluval? What do you use
1: in the in these systems? So there's a surface overflow that'll remove, you know, the surface film and surfactants and organics. Um, there is a protein skimmer specifically built for this aquarium, but we didn't feel it was necessary because the bio load is calculated very low with three fish and a couple coral options. So unless they're filling the tank with with other animals, which from the biota aquarium perspective, we don't ask. We ask that you do not add anything to the aquarium, and by you know not having the protein skimmer, you're doing a one gallon water change a week. So there's really no organic buildup in the aquarium, and the feeding is strictly controlled with a little measuring spoon. So between the feeding and the water changes, there's just no need for the optional protein skimmer for the beginner. Another thing is a foam filter is the mechanical filter, and then we have carbon that you replace monthly to remove organics and keep the water clear. There's also a Biomax media for nitrifying bacteria, but most of the nitrifying is being done in the aquarium by the real reef rock and live sand. So that's not really um, a critical component of life support of the aquarium. So between the live rock, the live sand, the foam filter block for pre-filter, and the carbon for your chemical filtration, that pretty much covers it.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, some of the animals a little bit earlier on. Can you uh, maybe go back and describe, and are all the animals pretty much going to be fairly user-friendly or are there going to be some that would be a little bit more advanced? How are you guys handling sort of those types of questions?
1: Yeah, the hard part for us is just really staying super focused. So we have a lot of hobbyists and industry people that would like to see us offer all these different varieties and allow you to order more corals and completely stock the tank over a 90, 30, 60, 90-day period. But our goal from the beginning was to target new aquarists, and with that, primarily moms and kids, and try to market the tank outside of the industry. So we made all the decisions for them, and for most hobbyists that are in, they don't like that. So they like to choose their own stuff. But this is really designed for someone who doesn't want to think about which fish get along, which pump they need, what light, and all that stuff. So we we pretty much make those selections. So we've chosen two ocellaris clownfish. On the Indiegogo campaign, we give them the option to go with two blacks, if they prefer, as an upgrade. But just regular two orange ocellaris are included, and a rainford goby, which is cultured by Biota Marine Life Nursery Palau, which is a great fish to complement the clownfish. And those three fish can live their entire lifespan in the Biota Aquarium, do not have to be move to another tank or outgrow their tank and, and run into all the problems we see with people who, who get fish that grow, outgrow their aquarium. So we wanted to, to provide something that was appropriate for that size aquarium, a light bio load, but yet be popular. And of course, we know that the Ocellaris clownfish is, is kind of the goldfish of the marine industry. So we, we definitely wanted to include those. And then we offer soft coral options for people who want to take it a step further. They can order two soft corals. They're both sarcophytons, a long polyp leather and a green polyp leather. And those are really hardy cultured corals that survive in varying water quality conditions and will thrive under high light but do well under fairly low light. So they are not don't need any special requirements, special flow or intense lighting. So we just there again wanted to make it so that they could actually see corals grow and enjoy their aquarium and then get them to that next step where they can around with lots of different varieties of corals under lots of different lights and other fish.
0: So now, obviously, I know you put a lot of time and thought and, you know, years and years of kind of dreaming about this. Did you do any um, kind of beta testing at all with people or how did you kind of work out the kinks?
1: I was just kidding about the first part. I, we just came up with this last week. <laughs> so figured. We, yeah. So we put one in the office here and it's been going a week, so we figured it was good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, the original tank from MACNA, which was an acid etched frosted glass aquarium, which we have a laminated sticker that hides the water line now because the acid is not environmentally friendly. But that aquarium's at my house and it's still going wonderfully with two black clowns, a rose anemone that keeps dividing, and um, a rainford goby. So we've been testing the aquarium with a variety of different animals and fish combinations, and for the better part of a year and a half. And we've they've tweaked the light a little bit. Fluval's been really great with responding to you know what we wanted to see happen with the tank. And we have probably thirty aquariums scattered around. We had I even you know some moms took them with simple instructions to set it up without any help, and they were able to do it. And we just really wanted to simplify the whole process so that anyone could start a saltwater aquarium if they just followed along and changed the water. So that's the key. It is a commitment. These are live animals. So we do stress that throughout the process of buying the biota aquarium. I know some people get pulled in by the emotion of it and say, oh, that's neat. But they really have to think about, just like any pet, that there's a commitment. And the main commitment is the fish have to be fed every day and the water has to be changed once a week to really thrive.
0: Now tell us a little bit about the giving back that biota aquariums is doing or planning to do.
1: So we're uh, obviously, you know, want to be part of a a whole sustainability movement, but we also want to be a part of the the conservation movement. So to start with, Biota Marine Life Nursery Palau cultures rabbit fish, which is a local food fish for for Palauans, and Tom releases those uh, monthly on a regular basis back into the waters around Palau so that there's food fish for the locals. So we did, you know, kind of a campaign where you're, by buying our fish, you're supporting the release of other fish. So that was a nice little touch to it. And then, of course, the 1% for the planet will be, once we become profitable, obviously, we'll be sending that monies to a variety of ocean conservation organizations.
0: I know you also are, of course, really vested in education and are uh, working on or have have an education program. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. Actually, let me correct that. The the 1% comes off the top, so that's not profit. So every year we submit our sales to 1%, and that's how those monies are, are allocated in terms of the monetary amount. So that's a key fact. With regards to education, we really see the size of this tank as a powerful education tool. Of course, there's a lot of different aquarium science curriculums that have been done before, but most of them require people to go out and teachers go out and go to the pet stores and play that Russian roulette, we call it, where you get a fish and bring it to the tank and then wait, and it's cycling, and then go back and get the next fish, and hopefully that one doesn't introduce any disease, and you're crossing your fingers each time, but you're, you're really gambling, and it usually ends badly with somewhere along the line getting a fish that has ick, or one of those diseases that ends up killing the fish and, and then the tank gets shut down so we really see an avenue to be able to supply the biota aquarium direct to the school just like we do the home or the office as well as it being all cultured so there's a conservation message for students But we want to also make it affordable for schools so that um, teachers can can put these in their science rooms. And so I was at the National Marine Educator Show in Orlando back in June, and there was a lot of interest around it. And again, we'll do the National Science Teachers Association show, which moves around the country in April, and try to get into more schools with with the Biota Aquarium. So
0: I think you presented this at though. Did you have any uh, interesting questions or any things that you hadn't thought about when you were working on this, coming up with the idea?
1: No, I I think the really nice thing about showing it to an industry you've been working in for 25 years is we had a lot of validation from both hobbyists to manufacturers to scientists all saying, you know, this is really what the industry needs. And we really have a sense that there's a lot of people pulling for us because if this obviously this program works in creating new hobbyists, everyone benefits that's in the industry. I think that was very rewarding to hear. And, of course, but selling some of the Biota Palau Marine Life fish direct to pet stores, there was a lot of stores um, that were really engaged with wanting to to carry more cultured products. So that was really good for Tom's business being at Macna as well.
0: So you mentioned that you are housing the fish over at a facility in Fort Lauderdale. So any secrets or any sort of things you guys are doing to kind of get them ready for the aquariums?
1: The secret is taking custody of the animals well in advance of when they need to be shipped and feeding them well and putting them in the best water quality. So we do have a separate area for our our Palau cultured items. So the fish and corals from Palau are in their own biosecure area. And then the clownfish, live rock and corals from other sources, mostly ORA and then real reef rock on the rock, are all in in a separate building. But just using the basic technologies of just good water flow, good UV, you know, good feeds. Um, We have access to natural seawater here in South Florida. So the Biota Marine Life Center runs completely on on natural seawater. And that's just it. Just keeping the fish really happy in, uh, you know, fairly high density culture, but under really good nutrition. Well, it
0: sounds like you guys really have thought about many of the things that could potentially derail and you have a lot of passion about it. So it was really enjoyable talking with you. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I want to thank our guest Kevin Gaines and our producer Mark Winter for making this show possible. Kevin, did you have any final words of wisdom or information you want to share with the listeners?
1: No, I, I really appreciate you you having me on. I know we've known each other a long time and i I'm honored to be part of this show, and I just ask that whoever's interested in, in owning a cultured aquarium or in their business, school, or home to go check out the uh, Indiegogo campaign or com and, and share it with your friends.
0: Thanks again, Kevin, for joining us. Thank you. So please be sure to check out Kevin's webpages, which will be at Aquarium Mania, and the links he mentioned will be on Aquarium Mania as well. I encourage all of you to visit my Aquarium Mania blog on Pet Life Radio. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, email me at drroy at petliferadio.com. That's D-R-R-O-Y at petliferadio.com. Until next time, please visit your local aquarium stores, keep your tanks clean and your fish healthy, and definitely consider supporting and purchasing a biota aquarium, a completely cultured aquarium setup that I know will give you many, many years of enjoyment. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.